0: It's my pleasure to welcome you to The Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, are you still waiting on your refund from the IRS? You are definitely not alone. And also, I have some promising news on the price of prescription medicine. So the IRS is... uh, getting a real black eye. Internally, there's someone known as the taxpayer advocate. That's the person inside the IRS that is there to look out for you and me. Taxpayer advocate says there are 35 million of us whose tax returns haven't even been processed. Returns that you were expecting to generate a refund for you Sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting. And you could beat up on the IRS all you want, but the reality is they're really short-staffed. And over the years, their funding has fallen further and further behind. And so they just don't have the people. I mean, you call the IRS. I saw a story from the syndicated financial writer, Michelle Singletary, who has her own issue with the IRS claiming she owes money she doesn't owe, and she writes her frustration about how impossible it is to reach someone when you need to talk to them. Do you know that even if you call repeatedly, you only have a three in a hundred chance? Only three out of every hundred taxpayers who need to talk with someone with the IRS, even with repeated effort, ever get to talk with a human? And if you write the IRS, they don't even have the ability to read what you've written them. You talk to anybody who does tax as a CPA or an enrolled agent, they'll tell you that it's not any better for them as tax professionals trying to deal with the IRS. The system is obviously broken. So I'm making my mid-year pitch, as I do every single year, For you, if you set up your life where you over-withhold from each paycheck so that when you file your tax return, it's a form of forced savings and you get a big refund, almost like a bonus check, stop doing that. Reduce your withholding now so that you don't have a big refund that you're going to be frustrated you're not getting next year. I mean, eventually, hopefully, people will see their refunds. But that's eventually, hopefully, that's your money. You're making an interest-free loan to the IRS. And yes, I know interest doesn't pay very much right now. But what's a more interesting idea, excuse the pun, is for you, when you reduce your withholding, at the same time, set up an automatic deposit from each paycheck and do an online savings account or a savings account at a credit union. And that way, you'll be doing the force savings, but you'll be in control of that money and not be the prisoner of the inability of the IRS to get things done. You know, part of this is pandemic-related, and part of it is pre-existing problems. But their problems don't need to be made your problem.
1: All right, Clark, we'll get to some questions now. Mike in California says, I'm very, in a very blessed position to have the opportunity to retire early. I'm 39 now, but I'm not sure how to navigate obtaining health care between now and when Medicare would go into effect. This is a long time to have to pay high out-of-pocket premiums. Would it be possible to self-insure and try to bargain with providers for cash rates for care? Do you have any suggestions?
0: So, Mike, uh, it's playing with fire, to self-insure, you do have alternatives that I'd like to share with you. One of them is to buy a HSA-qualified high-deductible health plan. That gives you the ability to qualify for negotiated rates even when you're paying out of pocket. You don't have to negotiate with each provider. It's already done by the insurer you're with. The difference is you're paying the bills out of pocket until you've met your deductible it protects you from a catastrophic illness but you're your own insurance company for normal routine care which is where the health savings account enters when i said hsa eligible that is the greatest tax benefit we're offered under the tax code these days because you're able to get an upfront tax deduction for putting money in an hsa the money grows tax free. And when used for eligible medical expenses, you spend the money tax-free. So it's one step better than a Roth IRA, and that would be one alternative. The other is if you are uh, someone who is religious, you can go into a religious co-op for health coverage. These are not health insurance. These are a form of medical reimbursement plans You won't have the negotiated prices for care, but you are in a pool, a risk pool, with other like-minded people of whatever religion it is, and they pay a certain share of your health care bills and pool funds to do so. Uh, Some of these, if they get too many people with a major illness, end up going insolvent, but it is very, very affordable care.
1: And Robert in Virginia says, We have a two year old and we want to send her to private school in a couple of years. Is there a place we should be investing money for private school that works similar to a 529?
0: Actually, it is a 529, Robert. 529s now allow you to put money aside for private school K through 12, have the money grow tax free, and the first $10,000 that you would pull out in a year, actually, that's the ceiling. You can pull $10,000 out in a year and have that money be tax-free to you to use for private school tuition, K-12. through The difference past uh, 12th grade is that when money is used for college, there is no $10,000 ceiling on what you can use in a year and maintain the tax-free status. But this is a way for you, if your intention is for your two-year-old to spend many years or all schooling years in private school. This is a way for you to pre-fund and get some tax-free growth for a portion of the tuition you might have to pay.
1: And Charles in North Carolina says, you indicated debit cards do not have the same protection as credit cards. We have a friend who uses a Visa debit card and claims that he has the same protection as he does with a credit card, which is covered by Visa do you know whether some banks or institutions honor Visa debit cards in the same manner as they do Visa credit cards? And there were a few questions similar to this one this week.
0: And I know I, there may be some bank somewhere or some credit union somewhere that extends the full protections that a credit card issuer would be required by law to offer. I've not seen that anywhere. So I've heard that over the years, and I even go way back I remember when I um, first started calling it the piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, and Visa took real offense to it. And they asked to have a spokesperson on with me. And the spokesperson said, oh, yes, we extend the same protections for Visa debit cards as we do for Visa credit cards. And I said, well, that would be great. Would you provide that in writing? And he said, Sure. And that never happened, never appeared, because even their own spokesperson did not understand that the rules and the law and regulations are quite different for use of a debit card versus a credit card. And by different, I mean vastly inferior. So if your friend has found a bank or credit union that actually, on its own, chooses to offer full protection on a debit card... That would be the first that I know of if they can actually document it. Because so far, nobody, nobody has been able to provide me in writing where even a single institution in the United States is offering identical protections on the piece of trash fake Visa or fake MasterCard as are offered on a real credit card.
1: Okay, back to saving for little kids. Nicole in Florida says, my son's getting ready to turn one and my husband and I have started talking about his college fund. I would like for him to go to college or a trade school, but I know that's not the path for everyone. What is your recommendation for a savings plan that he can use even if he doesn't end up going to college or trade
0: school? So your one-year-old seems like Harvard material to me. I mean, I can just tell Nicole, but let's say it's not Harvard. Let's say it's not college. Let's say it is trade school or whatever so a 529 account saving for college would not make sense an alternative is for you to put money in a Roth IRA for yourself a Roth IRA is a fantastic vehicle to save for retirement but it also has applicability when there's a family member a child who you're not sure what educational path they're going to go on So a Roth should always be the highest priority of saving in a household before even saving money for a kid. But the money can be used for the purpose tax-free, as long as you jump through the right hoops, of paying for education your child may want later. It also eliminates the risk of a child being harmed qualifying for financial aid because they have money in their own name. So if you're not familiar with Roth IRAs, please go look at my briefing on Roth IRAs at Clark.com and you'll see how easy they are to set up, where I like for you to set them up, what I like for you to put the money into. And remember, this is an account that you and your husband, each individually will own your own Roth IRAs, but with the understanding that if you wish later to use some of that money for your one-year-old, When your one-year-old is a grown teenager, you can certainly do that. And I want you to know I cannot tell you how excited I am about a new program for prescription insulin that has the potential to be part of shaking up the entire prescription marketplace.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: There are certain drugs that have been miraculous, that have allowed people with conditions that in the past would reduce their ability to have a normal life or cost someone their lives. That the incredible research of scientists, pharmacologists, has made it possible for people to improve their quality of life or length of their lives one of those things insulin insulin was developed long 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 ago 100 years ago approximately and it costs basically nothing to produce but as so often happens in the us industry for prescription drugs the few players that make an off-patent drug, decide that they can engage in wild price fixing. And as a result, the cost of insulin has gone up, depending on the provider, between about 700% and 1,600% over the last 20 years. It is incredible that this drug that is so life-saving to diabetics. A lot of diabetics are not taking because it's either pay the king's ransom for the insulin or eat. And people are choosing to eat, to pay rent, to pay their utilities because they can't afford the price of it. But it so often happens Change comes from the outside, not from inside. I talked months ago about the efforts of Mark Cuban to drug-by-drug for generics to attack the cartel of the drug industry that's been raising prices like crazy on important life-saving drugs. And I don't know that we're yet to see a meaningful impact from Mark Cuban's initiative yet. But Walmart, the world's largest retailer, has been getting more and more involved in the drug business. And now they have introduced insulin. And their insulin is going to be available for a tiny, tiny fraction of the cost of what people have been paying the cartel. So it's going to be about 70 bucks a vial. Which is less than a fourth of what the cartel providers have been price fixing and charging. And there's going to be, from Walmart and Amazon, as well as among others, that have million plus person workforces and have reached to a huge percent of the American population, you're going to see more and more initiatives that helped to lower the cost of life-saving medicines. Walmart, if you remember, was the innovator with the $4 prescription plan that you could get a month's supply of many, many prescriptions for a flat $4. And that was earth-shattering in the prescription drug business where the chain pharmacies had been pushing the prices of prescriptions higher and higher and higher and higher till Walmart came up with the $4 meds. And this is going to be a constant push and pull to do something about these very, very, very unconscionably high prices of prescription drugs. And I want to explain a difference here. So when a pharmaceutical company spends untold millions, to develop a new drug. I believe that the incentive that the marketplace offers for them to make that new drug is during the period of patent exclusivity that they can charge whatever they want, whatever the market will bear. And that's what creates the market incentive for them to make that drug. The real problems, though, have come in areas like this where a drug is off patent and in many cases will become an orphan drug. Remember Pharmacy in? Is he still in prison? I don't know. I thought he got out. Uh, Maybe he's out. But he was proud of the fact that he would buy up these uh, orphan drugs and then raise the price thousands of percent And people's lives depended on being able to take those drugs. Why were they called orphan drugs? Because there'd be a small market of people for it. What was so mind-blowing with insulin is that is not a small market at all. We're talking about millions of people who need these meds to live. And the cost of manufacture is close to zero on something that these companies had no R&D on. They're just exploiting people's desperation to stay alive. So Walmart is an outsider coming in, bringing about change, is absolutely fantastic. So Krista's looked up Mark Cuban's costplusdrugs.com, and right now they only have one drug called albendazole. What I does that's that That's do? right. Um, did it, I actually pronounce that I think right? you did. It treats parasitic
1: infections right now.
0: Parasitic infections. So it was $225 a tablet from the pharmacy cartel. And costplusdrugs.com sells it for 20 bucks. Yep.
1: 225 and down to 20. They say they're hoping to introduce over 100 additional drugs by the end of the year and a new factory by 2022.
0: So here's hoping that Mark Cuban is able to disrupt the industry. He says he can make money doing this, and he can help people. It's like the perfect combination. Medicine is one of the few industries that's ever existed where normal capitalistic rules have not applied, and it's because of the messed-up jumble of who the customer is you and I, the patient, historically in medicine, we're not the customer. And that's led to a lack of true implementation of capitalist principles that would make medicine both more efficient and more affordable. So congratulations to Walmart for seeing a need here and stepping in and making a difference.
1: Okay, Clark, let's do some questions here. Monica in California says, I know you usually prefer younger people and those who expect to earn more in retirement to contribute to a Roth rather than a traditional retirement account. It seems to me, though, that it makes sense to use traditional retirement accounts to try and get my adjusted gross income level low, so I qualify for all the indiv- the additional child tax credits offered this year. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Monica, that is an exception to my normal rule, and there are certain situations that would make it a smart move to reduce adjusted gross income so that you would qualify for other things. And in this case, the additional child tax credits, this may maybe a one-time only thing we'll see, but this is a very clever move on your part to do traditional instead of Roth for that reason.
1: Bucky in Connecticut says, I've been trying to cancel my grandson's gym membership that I pay for because he doesn't go anymore. All they do is give you the runaround and say that you have to cancel by email when you can sign up right at the club. Any suggestions?
0: Okay, that's wild crazy. So a lot of health clubs allow you to sign up online, but will only allow you to cancel in person. In this case, you're saying the opposite, that you have to cancel by email. Go ahead and do it. In addition, you live in the state of Connecticut, and each state has a state agency, almost without exception, that has a health club statute or a fitness club statute and has a state agency that you can file a complaint with in a situation where the club is misbehaving, taking money they're not supposed to have or whatever, In your situation, there's actually an advantage. By you being able to email the cancellation, you then have a document showing when you attempted to cancel and you've got that proof to provide to the state and potentially, if you're paying by credit card, to your credit card company so that you are able to discontinue them automatically debiting that or charging to that credit card. It becomes more dicey in the event that they are debiting a checking account though.
1: And this is from Lucy in California and we received a couple of other similar questions. I just received my homeowners insurance renewal and the premium went up by about 50%. I was told they did a rate revision for my state and increase also due to the higher rebuild costs and labor shortage, etc. Am I stuck with this increase or is there anything else I can do to lower the
0: premium? So this is a story, Lucy, being repeated around the country. And this is something that there are circumstances here I actually want people to potentially pay more premiums, and that is to increase the amount of coverage they have if the cost of construction has gone way up or the value of homes has gone way up where you live. This is a side effect of what's happened with home prices and also with construction costs. In addition, because of climate change and the changing weather patterns, it's leading to more um, weather events, fires, all different kinds of circumstances that are increasing the exposure for insurers. In your case, if you want to stay with your insurer, the thing to look at doing is can you raise your deductible on your homeowner's policy and stomach that better, than paying $360 more a year for your homeowner's insurance. Claims are very infrequent, typically, on homeowner's insurance, so taking a higher deductible may be step one. Step two is if you're willing to consider switching homeowner's insurers, then you're putting your premiums in play, and you may find a better deal premium-wise.
1: And from Jennifer in Georgia, I'm a teacher at a public charter school. Our school has recently decided not to deduct money from our check for Social Security. It will be about $230 a month. Where do I need to invest that money to get a good return?
0: Wow. So as school systems can do, they can choose not to have you as part of the Social Security system, and that is not to your advantage. Um, It's a special privilege for some governmental entities. Charter school would qualify as that. And it's because they the charter school doesn't want to pay their half of Social Security. That puts you at risk for your retirement. What I would do with the roughly 3,000 dollars a year is I would put it in a Roth IRA.: Yes. So I would if you haven't opened a Roth, I would put that money in a roth, although it will be tough to replace the value of what Social Security would bring to the table for you with the money you'll substitute by putting it in a Roth. But that is what I would do. And if you don't know how to do a Roth, go look at our simple Roth guide at Clark.com. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.